Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Megan. And this is Cinema Super Collider, where we're smashing up cinema one movie at a time. Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here, my friend. Can your heart stand the shocking fact about cinema, This episode of Cinema Super Collider, we look at the 1993 film Arcade. Yes, featuring so many Hey It's That Guy child actor types. Yeah, there's a lot in there. Well, the first one is uh, Seth Green. Everybody recognizes Seth Green because he looked the same when he was 12 as he does now. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. But it's got the guy from uh, A Christmas Story. So Peter Billingsley. Yes, so Ralphie is in it, uh, as well as... um, Megan Ward, who was in a bunch of 90s movies like Encino Man and Joe's Apartment, which is, I, I think that's... Oh, is uh, this the Phoebe Cates wannabe, the, the dollar store Phoebe Cates? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it's Alex, the, the our main protagonist yeah, in, Alex, the, in okay. the film. Right, yeah. right. Um, it also has Caroline from uh, Baywatch. Oh, Caroline from Baywatch. That was like, uh, what's-her-face's sister, right? Uh, uh in in the show, uh, in the show. Pam Anderson's Pam sister, Anderson's her sister. baby sister. Right. Yeah, the actress's name is A.J. Langer. Um, and uh, and also, it, not a child actor, but definitely someone who is is of note and is not used a, enough in the film. John DeLancey, who it, most people know as Q from Star Trek: The Next Generation. I don't even know Star Trek: The Next Generation to be honest. I have I've hardly seen any episodes. But I know who Q is. I've seen the Q episodes because this guy's good. Oh, he's 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 really funny. He's one of those guys that chews the scenery even if there's nothing to chew on. Right. Yeah. You said he's like a Ray Wise type of an he actor. Is. You just drop him in your movie and you have like however long he's in the film, it'd be five minutes of interesting movie. And that's kind of the way this one was. Yeah. When he was on the screen, the movie was really cool. And then as soon as he disappeared from the film, it kind of starts dragging into, you know, same old kind of 90s pastiche. It's not a good movie. Yeah. No. It's a, you know, it's a, it's about living inside a computer somehow. And anytime there's like a, a virtual reality type thing where somebody has to disappear, like their physical presence disappears from the real world and their, what their soul, their intelligence, their whatever goes into the computer, you, you lose me. I mean, you have to, right. it's just, you lose me. Because it's in this movie, it does that and it doesn't do that. It kind of sometimes, you know, like one one guy kind of disappears, other people don't. Uh, it's so, so the, the thing is, is that the the movie is about a group of kids go to an arcade back in the day when you would go to arcades and play video games with coins, uh, and the most cutting edge new awesome video game which is called arcade is there for them to try out and so it's huge and it's made of plywood and it's all janky it's, and weird looking yeah it, it basically if the daleks decided to make like a jumbo size gargantuan version of a dalek 
uh, that would be what this sort of looks like. I think they were going for like those those old video games where it was like a race car and you would sit, sit in, in it. like a booth yeah. and it'd be kind of surrounding you on all sides. It was kind of like that. But they make you put on goggles and stick things in your ears. They put they put the earphones on you, right? I think there was some sort of they an earphone They give you like the component. special, the Nintendo power glove. They give you, you the had power two power gloves. gloves. Yeah. Two power gloves and, and an escape button. Two power gloves, but also a joystick. Oh, there, yeah, there's also a joystick. <laughs> there's, there's two yeah. power gloves and a joystick. So... The idea is like, oh, okay, well, this is the hot new thing. It's virtual reality. So there's this game and it has seven levels and you got to get all the way through all seven levels to win the game. And most of it is really poorly rendered uh, CGI, but, you know, 1993 level CGI. So it's lagging in terms of it's really it's like like really basic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so so it's like a money for nothing video on MTV. Remember that? Yes, it is like very those much little blocky characters kind of flickering in and out, moving around. It has that sort of like uh floaty. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just really poorly done. Yeah. Now it's nineteen ninety three, so we do kinda have to give them a little bit of leeway as far as what was available and the the production had to redo a lot of the CGI from one section of the movie because they got sued by Disney. Why did they get sued by Disney? Well, in that particular level of the video game, the characters are supposed to ride sky cycles. Instead of light cycles. Instead of light cycles. But guess what? Well, Disney didn't like that. So Disney said, hey, we've seen your trailers and your, your PR material, and those sky cycles that you have people riding on, yeah, that's not going to fly. We're They're suing exactly you. exactly the same. Right. We're, we're suing you. You can't do that. So they, the, the movie was originally supposed to come out in 1991, but because they got sued by Disney, it got shelved for two years while the litigation was going on. So this is actually 1991 level animation instead right. of 19. I mean, a lot of ch- I, I'm not joking. A lot of change went on during that period in terms right, of because like animation. I, if I remember correctly, Jurassic Park comes out in like 1993, and that's... That's like well, your, that's, yeah, that is the absolute cream of the crop of computer animation. I mean, from that period up. of time. Yeah. Yeah, specifically from that period of time. Right. So so you, you did have successful CGI happening. It's just a matter of like, it, was it quite there yet? So they had to redo that entire section. And interestingly enough, Peter Billingsley helped with the re-edit of the film, but credited himself as Peter Michelson. So, because you didn't want his fingerprints on that awful digital art that that he did. Well, I don't even know if, if it was that. I think it was just no, a matter I don't of. Think so. I think it's just a matter of like you know you don't want to you don't want to fall into the um, the fateful findings. Uh, oh my god, Neil said, Breen yeah. thing where like every credit on I the if he thing. Can sing and tap dance, Michael Billingsley, because he's he's a director now, right? No, he's a producer. Oh, he's a producer. He's a producer. Actually, uh, Peter Billingsley is a very interesting character when it comes to the motion picture industry because he was. A very, very uh, uh, bankable kid actor. Not only did he do the the uh, Christmas Story movie and a bunch of other things when he was a kid, he also starred in like 120 plus advertisements, like commercials for like he'd be eating cornflakes or something. Well, yeah. most famously, he is Messy Marvin from the Hershey's commercials that came out in the 80s. And I kind of vaguely remember those commercials. Um, most of our listenership probably won't, but 
you know, he he was essentially like the Mikey from. The, he sounds like a garbage pail kid. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably, but like you know, he was like the messy little kid that had chocolate sauce all over his face and ice cream. Right, right. It's cute. Right, he's cute. Well, right. and you know, when he was a little kid, he was this blonde, very blue-eyed, cute, you know, uh, uh, baby-faced looking kiddo, and that's and he was a good actor. I mean, it's very rare that you find a child actor who can really act well. Macaulay Culkin was one. Uh, Ron Howard was one to go way, way back. Sure. I would say, you know, the... the uh, Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment, yeah, mm-hmm. it was pretty good. Um, they're, but they're rare. Yeah, I mean, so a, re- a really could, good really, line. He could deliver lines and be believable. Yeah. And his name was Ralphie, and that is what I will call him for the duration of the <laughs> this discussion of this film, because I'm never going to remember his name. Right. He will always be Ralphie to me. But the thing is, is that as an adult, he made a really good transition between being a kid actor in films to being behind the scenes as a producer for projects. And most notably, he's tied his wagon to John Favreau. And Vince Vaughn, they 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 all he's became a nepo baby. He, well, yeah, and and he's a nepo baby. He he's like the great grandson of the man who founded and ran the Stork Club, which is, it's you know it's one of them olden time things, but it was very very uh, important and a popular nightclub site for. Yeah, it was like the Studio Fifty Four of the of the 40s. Like, yeah the 30s and 40s what do we like have that. do we have one today that would be like equivalent to that do we have it's like some nightclub that everybody wants to be in i don't think I there's like one, one that's quite as famous as I'm sure as, there's a million people they're, they're not listening to our podcast but no, there's a million, they're way, they're there's way a, too cool i know there's a million yeah. young people who are like oh you know shizenbop in uh in, in south Dakota or something. You know. Yes, the so, hopping nightlife of Shizenbop, South Dakota. I th- I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking of a rave. That's what I. That's what I got in my mind. I'm thinking of like some huge ass airplane hangar out in the middle of nowhere where everybody goes to the. They, they camp out outside the venue and then you just go in and out. You know, well, like for a whole kind weekend. Of, that kind of sounds like Burning Man. Yeah, those are more event like but Burning, Burning Man, Man's in the middle of nowhere. Or Ibiza. I mean, Ibiza is probably closer. Ibiza. Ibiza. No, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not Spanish. I don't lisp. Ibiza. Ibiza. <laughs> uh, but I mean, that's a location, and th- th- those are a little different. This is just like, the, it was the place to go at the time. Right. The Stork Club. Right. The Stork and Club. so you met it, uh, all of the really, yeah, the biggest celebrities. And he grew up in, in a family where it, it was part of the movie business. His, you sure. know, different people in his family, and he would be, on, I'm sure, you know, would be on and off sets and talking to adults who were in the movies and well, I mean, but he was work as a as a child actor. He was working from a very young age. So, right. it, I mean, that it wasn't even just hanging around sets. He was he was legit working. Yeah. Um, well, I'm just I'm saying you know like there's a child actor you can start out very very young, but not be from a film family. You that's know, true. This guy's a nepo baby. Yeah, like so. Will Will Wheaton or uh, either of the Corys. You know, Corey yeah. Haim or Corey Feldman. Like they weren't necessarily nepo babies. They weren't part of like right. they started they, as kids, but they were they right. weren't. Be, it wasn't because they were in the industry. Right. Yeah. But somebody like Jamie Lee Curtis was a nepo baby. Yeah. But with her uh, her mom being Janet Lee. Right. And her dad Tony was Curtis. Tony Curtis. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that, that's that's more of I think a good example of someone. Who's She's in, born with the ability to act. It's like in her genes. Well, you know, I often think about that because acting is not necessarily something that na- like comes naturally to a person. I kind, yeah, I kind of agree. Continue, yeah. 
because there are some people who are just very charismatic and are very at home in front of a camera or in front of an audience. And and there is a vast difference between people who can act in front of an audience and people who can act in front of a camera. It is it is a very different skill set. Some people are really good at making that transition and some people are not. But it's not a thing you just you can't just walk onto a set and and act. You have to actually know some things and people have to teach you some things. But like what would you say the inborn traits that would lead to being a good actor? What's what would some of those traits be? Um I mean I think it depends on the type, the style of acting, but like if you take a comedic actor, like you want somebody who's kind of a ham, who has a lot of energy, who like really can connect with the people that they're working with. So sorry, you wanted someone who has an extroverted personality. I'm talking about like from infancy on, like like inherited kind of thing. Like what what kind of traits? I would say that you do have to I I would say that there are traits that have to be missing. Traits for shyness, traits for uh panic. Uh, traits for uh, being in a situation where speaking in front of somebody is the worst, most terrifying thing that you could well, do. Sure. It's yeah. always in like the top 10 list of the most terrifying things for people. It's like number two after being like, I don't know, struck by lightning or something or falling out of plane. It's like people are super duper scared about talking and being in front of other people oh, yeah. on the stage. And so I kind of figured that from an early age, there are some kids who are just generally more comfortable performing for like the class clown. Yes, you know, that's he what wants, I'm saying. Wants all eyes on him. There's, there's a certain something like that. Yeah, there's a certain need for attention or desire for attention. I yeah, think that, yeah, that is that is really kind of a baked in trait of wanting to be a performer of of all different kinds of performance. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like musicians are the same way. Like it's just that they don't speak. They speak yeah. through their music instead of their voice on stage right, right and most comedians have daddy issues they just want their daddy to love them so they go out in front no comedians people. are just in general broken people it doesn't necessarily <laughs> mean that they have a daddy issue it's just like look if you if if you just scooped because i mean I, I used to do improv comedy and you just saw the whole thing just the whole nebulous of broken people you just take a scoop of them it's like uh kids who used to be fat but now aren't or kids who are can you know still fat and were picked on their whole lives, class clowns who didn't get enough attention, um, you know, uh, girls who had to be funny in order to get people to to pay attention to them. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole it's a pantheon of broken people. Yeah, it it's has all... to do with a lot of, a lot of people who go on to be successful in. Com- I mean, like doing stand up comedy is is different than acting, tremendously different. Or or it is, improv. but I I think that stand-ups have a more natural transition between being in front of people in a stand-up setting and being on camera. Because I think that there are some people, like, I'm thinking of, uh, I was recently reading an article about uh, Galaxy Quest, which is an interesting confluence of different types of actors, right? Because you had Tim Allen on the one hand, who Basically, he just plays Tim Allen in everything that he does. But he's so... It's, I it's, I hate to say it, but I really love Tim Allen. Yeah, I mean... I don't like him as a person, but I like his work. I really do. Right. But that's someone who, you know, he didn't go to acting school. He didn't, you know, get his start yeah, on right. camera. He yeah. didn't get his start doing plays and things like that. He got his start being on stage in comedy clubs and knowing... There's a timing to it. There's a rhythm to, you know, talking about, you know, the the jokes that right. you have to learn. Right. And it, it I think it transitions well to being on camera because you know 
you're delivering jokes, you're delivering lines. And so it's like, okay, I got to get the rhythm of this down and I got to be on camera. You know, I don't look at the camera, yeah. but I know that that's the audience. Well, I know Sigourney Weaver also had some Broadway experience. I mm-hmm. know she was in plays and of course your favorite. Well, uh, right. And that, I mean, that's, that's, that's my point of comparison is like you had somebody like Tim Allen, but then you have somebody like Alan Rickman who is all theater. Like he studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts he, you know, was in tons and tons of stage plays, Shakespeare, you know, uh, uh, oh God, what the fuck is that play where they write letters to one another? Oh, gee. I can't remember. Uh, anyway. Love the, letters. It, it, it might, might be, be something yeah. like that. Yeah. But so he, you know, he, he was a thespian and being a thespian doesn't necessarily make it easy to become a film actor, yeah. but. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff out there about that, about uh, acting has to be mo- much more subtle when you're on film. And it's a very sensitive as to where your eyes are at. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to be somewhat naturalistic is kind of the opposite of being on stage where you're trying to convey some idea and it doesn't necessarily involve you being realistic. It could, it could. but it doesn't have to be. It's, you know, it's bigger than life. I've always found that the, because I, I haven't, I've done a little bit of on-camera stuff, but I've mostly done stuff on stage and I feel there's a there's a, a, a gaze that audiences for stage shows have that is intensified when it comes through the lens of a camera. Like when you're on stage, I, I don't feel that gaze as much because... You can't see the audience for one thing. You're on there. That's not the true. You, I mean, you can still see some of the audience yeah. you, and you know they're there. Oh, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, no, I'm just saying that's... Yeah. But, but it's not that when you, when you are doing something on camera the gaze of everyone is boom is right on you and and the camera being also like the biggest eye in that crowd it, it makes it makes me at least uncomfortable and it comes through yeah like when you're trying to I perform think the camera can confers this this thing that uh, of, a, of it will be the the camera confers this feeling that it will be eternal it will be captured and then people can watch you frame by frame every day every minute every little thing you did you're under scrutiny when you're in front of a camera because it's a it's just like a scientific thing that is preserving your right. behavior it's One sucking a piece of your soul yeah it does it sucks the soul out of things i mean uh, like it, it, it's the difference between seeing a live band that just plays their instruments or a live band that plays like arranged music it's it's a different kind of experience for the audience goer mm-hmm. yeah so, so anyway, yeah. back to a movie about virtual reality. <laughs> right. So, so, so Eric, what exactly happens in Arcade? Well, in Arcade, our protagonist is uh, wannabe Phoebe Cates, and uh, Alex, we'll call her, and she and her boyfriend go to an arcade. Uh, what is it called? It's Dante's Inferno. Dante's Inferno, because that's what all the kids love, is they love a... a a reference to a very old text written by an Italian. Yeah. Well, there's and there's continuity errors and stuff. And anyway, they go into the, the smokiest uh, uh, arcade you've ever seen. Everything is smoky in this movie. Smoky and over overexposed. So uh, 
those two go in. Uh, she and her boyfriend. I don't remember his name. Greg. Alex, his Greg. name is Greg. Uh, his name is Greg. Alex. Alex and Greg go in there with their friends, and Greg is the first one to jump into this new uh, virtual reality machine. And he, his soul and I guess body are sucked out of the real universe, and now he lives in the machine. It's like Tron. And so his girlfriend uh, noted, and they, they give out a bunch of versions of these video games for kids to take home for some reason. And kids all over the neighborhood are getting sucked into this video game, you know, sort of like, uh, uh, like, uh, like Tron. Tron. Yeah. Yeah. Or I was thinking more of uh, Freddy. Oh, yeah. It, it does have a bit of a Nightmare on Elm Street feel to it. You know, like teens getting sucked into this thing that they can't escape from. Into the dream world. But not yeah. the dream world, because then they would be sued by whoever owned it. And oh my god, the dream world is, looks like a, a bunch of like hallways from Doom. Or maybe, what would you saying? It was... Uh, what was I thought it Doom? looked a little more like Quake. Okay, so you get like Quake-style hallways, and you're supposed to be on a skateboard, and there's like little little spikes sticking out of the wall and the thing right. spins around. And anyway, so what has to happen is uh, Alex wins the day by winning inside the video game and, and getting the ultimate key and saves her boyfriend and all the rest of her friends from this evil computer. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the outline of the story. The actual bits of the story that are interesting, we'll, <laughs> we'll go into excruciating detail <laughs> we, we will here. attack, yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, much like Snowpiercer, the game runs on children. Oh, wow. That's true. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. There's actually a soul in the game. We found out the soul of a child. Right. Because they decided to take brain cells from an actual dead human being to a somehow- A dead child. A dead child to make- They saw it open his head, pulled out his brain, mm-hmm. cut it into pieces, and then attached like some part of it. It's, it's like Akira now. You know, remember he was like a, just like a little sample on a slide, yeah, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, that yeah. You know. You know, if if nothing else, Snowpiercer and Arcade teach us that you should not build machines made out of children because you know what happens. Then that's how children you, are evil. Children, one. yeah, they're they, just when they don't get their way, they stamp their feet and break things, and that's what this child does. Yes, and suck yeah. people into the machine. Yeah. Yes. Right, because you're a kid and you're trapped in there, and mm-hmm. everything sucks. So, like, you pull people in and you destroy them because because why not? What, well, it's like a kid playing with army men, you know, like. I suppose that is true. You know. Yeah. That, that kind of thing. So it's all it all makes sense. It's a right. very sensible movie. Mm. So. <laughs> So, so there's some high school drama. Alex, uh, Alex's well, mother no, fir- un- unalived herself. The f- right? Yes, the first thing that we are shown, the cold open to this movie is uh, is yes, is Alex's mom shooting herself in the head. Hooray! Hur- hooray! That's like in the first like three minutes of the movie. Yeah. So Alex has a guilt complex for making her mother unalive herself. Right. Which they they don't explain that at all. They don't. It doesn't seem logical. It's just uh, trauma. They just need trauma. It wasn't like she was a bad student, or maybe she was. We don't know. About we have her. no idea. No idea. Yeah. Maybe it was her boyfriend. Maybe she didn't like the boyfriend. Maybe she was just you know it was suffering from uh, major depression and could be uh, you know that kind of thing. They happens. give us no context. It's just. You need this like massive trauma to kick off a movie about virtual reality. You could have taken that whole thing out, and the movie would have been fine. It would have been fine. There was no. You could have just. You know what? That. You could have just shown her disappointing her parents, or you could have shown the mom leaving, or you could have shown the dad. 
you know, you I could expect have sh- an early version of the script had more to do with the family dynamic, and they changed it to do more inside the in the in, game, inside the game stuff to like, it, try and get people into the theater. I mean, that that's what's cool, Eric. That's what the kids want. They don't want traumatic family uh, dramas. They want <laughs> they want shitty v- VR bullshits. I mean, it's it's still true today. <laughs> it is true today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. We see her and her friends at school, and we have the whole, you know, we've got we've got Alex and her boyfriend, Greg. Greg, uh, who is played by uh, an actor who most notably was on Days of Our Lives for like 30 fucking years, who played Lucas on Days of Our Lives. And the thing was, is as soon as the movie started, and I have seen this film before Eric and I screened it for the show uh, this week, and I was like, God, I can't remember where I've seen this guy, but he was really famous. And then I realized that like... I had watched Days of Our Lives for about, mm, I'd say, six or seven years straight, both in high school and also in college. And I was like, oh, that's why I remember him, because he was on Days of Our Lives as Lucas. Ah, soap actors. Yeah. They stick with you. The protagonist, Alex, she wasn't in anything, right? No, she, I mean, she was in movies and stuff in the 90s. She wasn't in like She's not like one of those faces that you recognize. No. Like Seth Green. Right. I mean, Seth Green has been been seth green for his entire career right uh you know and and he again is seth green in this he's actually not one of the main characters though he's one of the side characters right ralphie is one of the main characters yes yeah i believe his name is nick in the movie but we're gonna no, probably we're just gonna ralphie. continue calling him ralphie because i have a hard time remembering my own damn name <laughs> this is true yeah. it is true yeah so yeah so they're all hanging out we've got ralphie we've got alex we've got the boyfriend greg we've got uh seth green who is named stilts in this uh for some reason i don't know maybe because he's short i guess i yeah it's unclear and then caroline from baywatch is also one of the gang yeah so we we see them get a flyer about the new hot video game that's going to be at dante's inferno arcade this is still realistic. Or I'm going. I'm. I'm with this now. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. So what kids do? That's what kids do. They, you know, there's they, a new video game coming out. We want to see it right, right away. Yeah, it's going to be a line to sit in it or play it or whatever. Right, but nowadays you don't need to go to an arcade. You just need to like log onto your Steam account and you can just buy it. Oh my god! And every game today is like a thousand times better than any of those games at that time. Although your your mileage may vary, a lot of people would say that those those I games mean, contain. Look, I like classic game every now and then. You know, like in my household, that we played a lot of Donkey Kong and a lot of Cubert. Mm. I our played co- a lot of Tempest when I was playing in okay. arcades. Remember that? I vaguely kind of remember. Like, it had a spinning wheel, and you had, mm-hmm. like walked around a little spin, like spin, spin, yeah. spin. No, no, no. It was like it was like a, a rotating dial because oh. you like would go along the edge of a like yes a, of, a, of a big pit, and things would come up out of like out of the pit, little geometric forms, and you would shoot them. And then when you won, won the level, you'd fall down through the pit, and sometimes there were things that you get killed by. Yes, I believe. Tempest. I believe that might be the final act of. Uh, uh, Ready Player One, if I remember correctly. Really? Oh, wow! In the so, book, at least. Yeah. I think I think that they they play Tempest at the end of it. Oh, wow! Te- okay, so Tempest is cool. Well, I mean, your mileage may vary <laughs> on Ready Player One. I know. The uh, thermometer my- swung. The the thermometer swung. The, the thermometer, yeah, not whatever, the, whatever. Not meter, the barometer. The, the popularity meter for Ready Player One swung from super high to super low really fast. Well, it's because sometime in the two thousand. That's because the author opened his mouth. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, my favorite game at the arcade was Joust. That was my. Oh, favorite. I like Joust. That was too. my favorite game. Close second was Dig Dug. 
liked that one too. Dick a Doug lot. was good also. Yeah. See, these are all you had games. the little pump and you would inflate you, yeah, people you, until they blew up. Mm-hmm. It was kind of gross, really. You exploded them little dragons. Yeah. Those little underground yeah. dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You'd like, if, just imagine if they did a real life version of that. What would it be? Like uh. some compressed air hose you'd stick it into the guy's abdomen and he would just blow up and die from blood loss right there on the floor in front of you. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, it would be horrifying. <laughs> I don't know. Would you play that game? A million people would play that game. I mean, I probably would play that oh, game. Man, I gave away a great idea. That's a million dollar idea right there. I have a feeling it's probably been done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am sure it's been done. I'm sure it's been done. I don't know the movie, but I'm sure it's out there. So we see a lot of artifacts once we get to Dante's Inferno of the of the 90s. Like change machines. You remember when you needed to throw your dollar in so you could get quarters? Probably not, because you're not old like we are. But yeah, that was the thing. Change machines. And then there's all of these like... There were a few classic games you could spot in the background. I don't remember them now. No, but the one that we were excited about was the cow game. Oh, what was it called? I think it was called Space Cow. (sighs) Something Uh, Cow. Or Slime Cow. Oh, It was something cow. Yeah. And we saw... Some cow-based video game. There was a cow-based video game, and Eric and I were both very excited to see that game. It does not get shown on camera. Other than no, the name it's, of it, I, it's you see the side panel of the thing. Was so it somebody, Stunt Cow? Uh, I, I, you know what? I'd have to go back and look at the movie. I know. And I'm not oh, do that right now. I'm, I'm, I want. Oh. We record this live as we talk back and forth to one another. This I is wish not I had edited, edited together. I wish clips. I had written down what kind of cow it was because I did want to see that video game. We'll put it in the title of the of the episode. We'll put it in like the commentary under the uh, the links to the episode. The name of the video game. Stunt Cow. Cow. Slime cow, Something. space cow, whatever cow. But there is the game that we all want to see called Arcade. Arcade. In it's the a, arcade. It's it's in the arcade, but it, somehow there's a special empty room that they've set it up in. Well, and Q is in charge of the game. Right. And this is probably one of my favorite scenes in oh, the entire great. movie. Yeah. Because Q walks in, John Delancey walks in, and uh, uh, is like, all right, all you kids. Yeah, you're here. Get away. Move one side. Get the one fuck side, out of yeah. my way. Yeah, basically, he's like, I, I loathe you, children. I loathe all of you. I hate you, uh, but I'm here because we need to sell this fucking video game. And yeah, you all want to see it. And then there's like this very intense back and forth between Ralphie and Q about like, Ralphie's like, yeah, well, I'm a bit of a pro gamer, you know, like I'm pretty cool. And he's like, uh-huh, yeah. Do you want to play the game or what? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean... If, uh, if it's even a challenge to me. And Q's like, just get in the fucking machine. Well, is it, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. Just right, get yeah. in the goddamn machine already. And he's like, well, I guess I'll do it. Like, uh, you know, Ralph, yeah, he's way he's too like, cool for this. There's an eject button if you need to eject if it's too intense for you. Just oh, hit the button. No, nah, I'm I'm pro gamer, dude. I don't need to eject from anything. Right. And meanwhile, Q's sitting back with a Q's smile. like, uh huh. Like, yeah, great. Panting his fingers together. He's Excellent. like, well, someone just give me my money already. Yeah. Uh, and yes, and then he plays, Ralphie plays the first level of the game, which is, as Eric described, a bunch of hallways with spinning blades in them. Yeah, I think the movie Cube, except <laughs> no, I don't very, even... very much less involved. No, Cube is way cooler than this, but yeah. I guess it's a similar idea. There's sure. a lot of ideas mixed up. I think yeah. I think Doom is very close, or, or uh, I think it was Quake. Is I think very Quake, close. yeah. This, I mean, and the thing was, is I was trying to think when stuff like Lawnmower Man came out, and Lawnmower Man came out about the same time, so I think... I'm thinking, yeah. It's around the same type of an animation in that, too. Yeah, Lawnmower Man was released in 92, I believe. 
but that meant that it would have been filmed at approximately the same time as this was filmed because this was, did was we supposed to do an episode on that. No, we did not. Uh-huh. Though that that is a very interesting movie to to follow down the rabbit hole because of many things the Stephen King's hatred of it many it's, lawsuits it is came so from it so different from the Stephen King book it's 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 diametrically opposed to yes. the Stephen King story yes. which is like 3 pages long and he has a naked guy running around in with the a lawnmower yeah yeah running he, over no, things. he's eating grass with his mouth oh i thought he was point. running over things with a lawnmower i think at some point yeah then i think he just starts cavorting eating shit with his mouth right. i don't know i'll have to read the three page story and <laughs> yes. refresh my memory but it's the movie is not about that it's about like getting sucked into a computer it's 3d yeah it's like there's a man who's got who's got some sort of mental like cognition issue uh, and they're like, oh, virtual reality will will help him and heal him. And then they hook him up to They've a machine. They've been saying this bullshit for 30 years now. Yes. About virtual reality, how it's going to change everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, I use it for flailing around in my living room. Yes, but your body doesn't disappear and your soul doesn't get sucked into the game. Not yet. Yeah. Not, what I haven't. That, like the, the, the thing that. Uh, I haven't hit that level on Beat Saber Microsoft yet. Microsoft hit, like, what, what is that called? Tomorrowland or. Like where they buy and sell virtual land with virtual coins. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I you know I can't remember. It, Decentral land is what it's called. Oh, okay. It's where the crypto bros buy like, oh. little condos, and it's like, oh, this this property will be valuable. It's in like all, second life. Ten years. Yeah, yeah. It's like second life, but it's it's on the blockchain, Megan. That's what makes it so good. Guys, I, I don't give a shit about. <laughs> they didn't have a blockchain in this day. In no, they, there was no that's blockchain. Why, that's in why arcade. it didn't work right. That's that's why you could get sucked into a game. Well, also they built it off of the brain of a of a dead child. So all right, right. But we don't know that. Is yet. that in, is the where is the dead child? Is it in that game? That one game that's in the arcade? It must be because later on we see the programmer slash architect of the game in that console smashing up smashing it up right so there's a bit of an actual child's brain in that thing that I, they're playing i guess because this is before like internet shit so yeah. like the the game wouldn't have been hooked up to the internet yeah i don't know it was yeah, weird it is weird so the the tense back and forth between q and ralphie ends up with ralphie hitting the escape button because there's scary things inside the game he's such a weakling well I don't know. He was smart. He got out of it. Because, he was like, uh, boyfriend yeah, he was, get, tries it next. Right. The boyfriend is like, I want to go next. Alex. So no, Alex is the girl. Alex is the girl. Yeah. Greg is the boyfriend. Yeah. So Greg gets in the game and is like, yeah, let's play. And I'm a football player. I'm a tough guy. I'm super tough. I'll, I'll do it. And because we've already seen Ralphie play the level, like all the kids are like bored. And Q's like, hey, we've got a home version of this game that you can take home and play. It's, For free. It's free. Well, no, it's not 100% free, Eric. Oh no! Don't you have forget, to sign your soul away. No, no, you don't even need to do that. You just have to fill out a market research card. <laughs> that is the exchange rate for uh, one free uh, uh, virtual he's, reality he's game. A disembodied child's brain, uh, ultimately to get market research information about teenagers. Yes, and one thing that they did not—they did not try and explain—and I'm sort of glad that they didn't. But uh, it did pop up in my head: is like, how does one attach a virtual reality game to one's ancient like tv set yeah, like a sony trinitron from 1990 because these are those big crt yeah these are crt tvs these are 60p yeah, like they don't yeah. have hdmi ports they do not have hookups where you hook your computer no, game they got in. just two wires in they, the back. they don't have any wi-fi you yeah. know like hetty yeah. lamar has not saved us yet oh my goodness so <laughs> 
So that would be a question. But the, all the kids are like, fuck it. We like free shit. We'll fill out a card yeah. for you. It's like, imagine they gave you an Atari game. That's a thing they used to have back in the old days, a video game called Atari. And and kids everywhere wanted to play it. So if it somebody fun. gave you one, you'd go home right away and play oh, you know, yeah. you plug a new it version in of, this, immediately. of this cool game that everybody's talking about. Right. Right. And they get through that pretty fast. And Q's pretty funny. And then he's kind of out of the way. Yeah, and he's like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. Hello. I, I showed up. I've done, I've sassed a bunch of young people. That's so my job. Like, well, let's blow this pop stand. But they leave the boyfriend in the machine. Uh, well, like well they, they, yeah, they, they, they fuck off to go get their free games. And the boyfriend gets yeah. sucked into the machine. Right. And the, nobody sees it. girlfriend comes by later and she's like, where did he go? And everybody's like, I don't know. Everybody's like, you know, it's good. She late. calls his mother on the phone. Did he come home? No, he hasn't come home. Well, have him call me if he does. Oh, okay. And it's like midnight when she calls. Yeah. And and this is a point when Eric and I were like, wait, what time is it exactly? Because when they show up at the arcade, it is dark out. And then they go into the arcade where it is dark and foggy. When they leave the arcade, it is now light out. Yeah, it's like early evening. It's like early evening, like yeah. six or seven o'clock. Right. Yeah. Then she drives home, and it's Midnight. lighter. I think it's lighter out. Oh, is it? I, I, it's, she, is she it, goes that's in, the continuity thing I was talking about before. She goes yeah. in and finds her father, who's drunk. So instead of all oh, right, that's her fault too. Yeah, that's all her fault. You know, somehow her father becoming a drunk definitely Alex's fault. Everything oh is her fault. She's psychologically damaged. This poor girl. Yes. Uh, so it's like six o'clock and she's like, dad, you should go to bed. And then she goes upstairs and she plugs herself into the arcade game, which just taunts her. That's the whole purpose of the arcade oh, game. Yeah. You forgot the part where she went to the therapist and she blows the therapist off. She's like, I don't need That's kind of at the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't need psychotherapy. So this game is going to give her the psychotherapy, all the psychotherapy she needs. Right. In the form of you are a failure. <laughs> and she's like, no, I'm not. And he's like, yes, yes, you are. Everyone hates you because you're so bad. And she's like, um, this is like just She's getting a- cyberbullied. It's the first cyberbullying. Oh, shit. I didn't even think of that. Wow. First case of cyberbullying right so in this movie. when Arcade talks to people, it talks to them through their TV set. And it kind of looks like the worst GoBot-Lion combo smash-up that yeah, you can imagine. It's not a very good... It it's has a good. face, kind of. And it does look like it has sort of a mane. But that's about as far as we get, as far as like robot. It's a robot monster face and its mouth moves a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Not in time with the words though. But it's yeah. really, it really hates everyone. <laughs> it is a it, it is a machine filled with hate. Yeah, it definitely just wants, it just wants to kill kids. That's, mm-hmm. what, you know, that's what it wants to do. Yeah. But she escapes. She's like, I can't escape. She can't even pull the plug out of the wall. No, the, plug the plug is now like soldered into the wall for some reason. The game has the power. To like keep itself on. Yes. But I guess she does pull the plug out at the end, right? She just pulls harder. It turns off somehow. Somehow it turns off. I think remote, it's, um, I don't remember. I don't remember. Something either. happens. Yeah. It doesn't, it's not important. It's like super powered though, because it can, you know, it's like even, you, you couldn't the, even take it off her face. It is the ghost in the machine. Somehow it works through the TV and goggles. Yes. So I, I don't understand exactly how it is. I think Megan said you see on the TV like a, a version of what they see in the goggles. Yes. I think it's more of a two-part sort of like mind-bending effect because they had to be gazing at the TV at the time that they were being taken over Challenged. by the goggles. Yes. True. We're going far into <laughs> far too much detail. It's no probably one more than the writers of this movie ever thought about. No, they sure didn't. They were like, we're going to make a Tron ripoff. We're going to make it good, and all the kids are going to see it, and they're going to be, whoa, that's sick. I want to get in on that. And then they're going to write a sequel, and they're going to make a lot of money. 
They did write a sequel to this movie, but no one really was interested in it. And so it didn't go anywhere. Alex walks around in the height of teenage girl fashion for 1992. Yes, we have a baby doll dress with black tights. Looks good. It's a classic. Yep. So it's around midnight when she decides that she's going to go over to her good friend Ralphie's house. Because that's what you do in the middle of the night, I guess. It's just like freak out about your boyfriend and call your other friend. And they're like, yeah, I'm just going to come over to your place. It's midnight. I know you're probably asleep. I don't give a shit. Right. She crawls in his window. Yep. She bre- oh, no, she doesn't break the window. That's no, no, no. She just comes in. Right. She just comes yeah. in his window and he's he's been playing the arcade game because that's what all the kids are doing. It's the hot new thing. Q told them it was the hot new thing and therefore it is. Yeah. Well, I believe Q. He's the only one who had any charisma. You were talking charisma before. Oh, my acting. gosh. John There's Delancey is people. all charisma. There are certain people that have charisma, though. I don't know that. I, I know some people in real life who skirt close to it. But when you see it on stage, like somebody, uh, my my favorite charisma moment was seeing David Byrne up close. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is, this is kind of a weird looking guy. With kind of a different sort of voice, but he had so much magnetism till you were just mesmerized. Yeah, by his, you want to be part of what they're doing. Yeah, the that's charisma why, is huge. That's why you got to find those people to sell shit on TV. Yeah. That's Tom why, Waits was another one. Huge charisma. Mm-hmm. See him on stage, and it's like you are hypnotized by his, you know, antics. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and cues the same way. Yep. Yes, indeed. So they they're like, oh, what's going on with this game? I don't know. We should go like investigate some things and so they end up at their friend uh lori's place and she's having a full-on meltdown she's sobbing she refuses to turn the game off oh my god this is her oscar moment it is it is she's having a she's having all kinds of breakdowns upon breakdowns she's she's repeating phrases to herself whispered under her breath and they're like okay we're just gonna turn the game off and then she starts screaming at them off the game and so what does what 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 does what does ralphie do which is just like it's the first thing one would think of about turning off a game on a television he picks up a a uh hall tree what are those called oh yeah a a hat stand a coat stand coat coat rack yeah so he picks up a coat rack and just smashes the fuck out of the tv yeah, that's one way to do it. That is one way to do it. Why not just pull the goggles off? She's just freaking out too much. She, no, she had the goggles off for some reason. Oh, yeah, she, she was, was just, still freaking. She out. was still freaking out. Oh, right. But then she dies. She she ends up inside the, the computer game. Oh, along with everybody else that they know. Okay. So then they're like, "Well, hmm, we should." I go- guess this thing is real. I, I guess that's why they did that to show uh, Ralphie that. She wasn't making this up or that it was some, something you know, like that. She's like, oh, you know, all oh, kids are really disappearing. We have to the bottom of this. And how does one get to the bottom of it? Well, you go to Q, who works for the video game company, and you ask him questions. And he's like, they didn't pay me enough to be in this movie. Go talk to this other guy. <laughs> Pretty much. They show up. Uh, uh, Ralphie shows how butch he is by roughing up the, the like front desk person. He's like, do you have an appointment with Q? And he's like, I got an appointment with this fist. Yeah. And the guy's like, ah, fine. Yeah. Let me call him. And we get the like front a front desk character is like a Stephen King character, front desk character. Yeah. Be sniffing the air, supercilious. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we get like a moment of sort of like a back and forth between Q and like one of the other employees at the game factory company. He's like, oh, did you meet your sales quotas, Q? And he's like, how about you shut the fuck up and leave me alone? And then that's the end of that scene. But mm. 
I think we're supposed to buy Q. I think we're supposed to be led to believe that like maybe Q is doing something wrong because he's pushing these games to get like his numbers up or something. Yeah, it's unclear and undefined, but it is included, so I mention it. But yes, like Eric said, Q's like, I'm not in this movie anymore. I didn't make this game. I just sell it. I just sell it. You need to talk to the guy who made the game. I'll go here. Let's take a field trip to his office, and then we get more exposition. And schematics. Yeah, and that's where we learn about the brain, the child's brain. That's when we that. find out. Yeah, they're like, yeah. well, why is it this way? And why is it that way? And then he's cr- like, well, I kind of never thought about it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, we decided it would be to make it more human because the game is supposed to change as you play it, you know, just like a person learning how you work, which yeah. which is an actual thing in like games. Like the Souls games, like the, the enemies get wise to your to what you do right or like alien isolation the alien learns like if you always hide in cabinets then it starts looking in cabinets for you because that's what you always do so in in modern day games that is a thing that actually is is built into them but you know what is there a child's well that's just what i was just about to say i don't think there's a child's brain in your playstation oh my god that's where all the fetuses end oh no Sony fact. All of the ghost children oh are, they just end up. It's you're, terrible. You're, yes. Oh, no. Oh, it's it's Snowpiercer <laughs> all over it's again. It runs on children. It, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I feel like that's like that's like a like a cinema super collider trope now. Fill in the blank, runs on children. Yeah, that's, this is another example of that. Well, the Season guy of the Witch, like, it ran on yeah, children. He's like the architect sort of thing from... Uh, uh, the Matrix the movies. Matrix movies, right. Except dumber. Yeah, and he's like, he maybe he's got a little bit of a comedy angle going. Full of schematics. Yeah. I so, wish I could have I wish I wish could have counted the number of times they used the word schematics yeah. in the small scene that those three actors had. Schematics. It sounds cool until you say it like four or five times and then it just starts to sound weird. Well, you know what kids love? Schematics. <laughs> they fucking love schematics. Well, and they, get, and they didn't, he had a map of like the whole uh, uh, dungeon or whatever that this, that the right. game is, but he doesn't give them the map. He gives them sort of like schematics, which is like not that useful. No. So the, the notion is, is that like he has built in to each level of the game a doorway, which if you find the doorway and the key that goes to it, you can progress to the next level. Fortunately, the key is always next to the door, so he was <laughs> it smart is. to do that. Yeah, so, you know, it's just like when you're at home and you have your little key hook right next to oh, the door yeah. so you don't lose your keys. Yeah. So you don't really have to do a lot of searching in the levels. Oh, my God, like amnesia. You'd, go, like, you'd get all, all the way through a thing and you'd have to go all the way back up the stairs and down the hall and down this other hall and into this room while this thing is wandering around so you can get the key. It would be so much nicer if the key was like right there. next to the door. Yeah. 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 Or you know what? Just have an open door. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that would be even but, easier. Well, you know, but this is that you were not supposed to, you were supposed to beat the game or something, but now you escaped. Is that is it is it fair to escape was the escape thing like a thing that wasn't fair? Or is that like you're that's what you were supposed to do for the level? You were supposed to escape through the door to progress to the next okay, piece. Okay, so that was that was built into the game, the yes. key and the door. Okay. Right, and, and we also find out that on level four in the game, if you do a certain thing, you can earn an extra life. Oh, yeah. Which becomes more important later on. Yeah, it's so, Chekhov's smoking ex- sec- second life. Yes, yeah, there are a couple of Chekhov smoking things in this, in this movie, one of which is uh, Chekhov smoking dead mom. And then check oh, off yeah. smoking extra life. Yes, both right. of those things are very important. 
So they're like, okay, well, we've got our schematics and we have some answers and we are, we're going to go get our friends out of the game. So this is Alex and Ralphie sucked into the game. Together. They All decide right. we're going to go are in. Alex and Ralphie's bodies during this period in time? Well, they're supposed to be sitting in the arcade machine. Oh, side by side? I, I, yes. Well, they had like double sets of goggles in the machine too. You know what? Maybe the ones for the home game worked and you maybe one of them brought them with. Could be. Hard to say. <laughs> we still don't know how the game works. Doesn't matter. What well, we do? A, it's a uh, child's well, brain. Well, no, but like on a technological level. Oh, no. It's like got how, a bunch of circuits in there. Yes, yeah, circuits like, and tubes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Diodes. It's got diodes. I Many think. diodes. So they, they go into the game. Now, one thing that we have neglected to mention is when you enter the game, you, your whole body is in there and you can move around and you have a not trademark or copyright infringing skateboard that you ride and you have an out- kids love skateboards. Kids, well, they do love skateboards. Oh, awesome! Right. They also are wearing like head to toe black bodysuits, and then these helmets that cover their mouths, so all of their dialogue can be done in ADR. Yeah, that's smart. And because they're wearing that those outfits, that any kind of stunts that happen, you don't have to worry about stuntmen and or, or stunt people looking the wrong way. All you got to do is dress them up. They have to be vaguely the same size. Dress them up in that singlet there, and they're done. Yep. Now, are the is there anything in this game that requires a stuntman to tag in? No, because all they do is walk around. We don't see them even skateboarding. We just see them holding a skateboard. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of disappointing. Right. Yeah. But they do progress through a couple of levels together. The first level, of course, we've seen multiple times, which is corridors filled with spinning blades. And eventually there's also a screaming skull beast that eats you, but they find the door and progress. Mm. Then we're in sort of this like desert hellscape that's filled with weird pits of steaming pink stuff. Right. And right. this this is uh, this is like t- like ten miles out back of the studio in California. Yeah, they're like, like just go like, run around yeah, outside. There's some it's sand fine. and some mountains. Like yeah, it's, it's, just, it's like, perfectly it fine. fine. And they do find a, a pit slash door with a key, but Ralphie gets sidetracked looking at a sparkly thing and gets eaten by a flying death monster. Yeah, poor Ralphie. R.I.P. Ralphie. So he's kicked out of the game. Because he's, quote-unquote, dead now. Mm. Though Alex continues to, to progress through, through the levels. And still she persevered. Right. And at some point, she ends up in the Sea of Darkness. So she has a little boat. Or no, there are two boats. One of which is guarded by Seth Green, who's been sucked into the game. And one of who is being guarded by Lori who we saw get sucked into the game. Oh, there's a logic puzzle. Now we have a logic puzzle. One of them always lies, one of them always tells the truth, which she solves in a ridiculously short amount of time because no one wants to see someone figure out a logic puzzle in real time. Yeah, it's quick. She's like, um, it's not Seth Green. Okay, I'm going to go <laughs> with Lori. Right. And as they, they paddle their way across the sea of darkness, she, this is where she picks up a young child who she saves from lightning or something yeah yeah. right in the water in the water right and thus progresses on to the next level because that somehow is the key right that allows her through right and the keys are children as well (laughs) everything is children oh my god but she she acquires an additional life oh 
And then this is the this is the level with this the is when she sacrifices the child to the god, the computer god. <laughs> yes, she throws the child into a bin. No, this is the level where there the sky cycles appear, uh, and this entire sequence had to be redone after. Oh my god, it looks terrible. It, it looks awful. Anything. Yeah, it's really bad. Oh my god, did you see the Tron remake ever? I did. Yeah, I thought the sky cyclers, the, the light cycles, light cycles were really cool in that. I look. The, the I thought the Daft Punk music was cool. I liked the cool original movie. Tron too. I remember as a kid, like getting Tron from the video store because I think Tron came out in '84. Well, Tron. Here's a good, another good example. Tron had good actors in it, yeah. And so even though the the premise and the costumes and the effects and stuff were just bonkers bad, having good actors in your movie really acting made it good. Yeah. You know, you really cared. There was this little bit that flew around. It was like a little sidekick could only answer yes or no. Do you remember that? I don't, because I the last time I saw the movie, I was nine. So you would be, no. That's how that, the bit worked. Is that Just, how? Yeah, we'd fly around. Uh, who's the main actor in that? I can't think of his name. Wasn't it a Bridges? Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges, yeah. Yeah, it's Jeff Bridges' little friend flies around his head and he asks you questions. Should we go this way? Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like the little robot creature in Soma. Oh, my God. The little robot creature that you have to murder. You don't have to murder it. Markiplier proved that you do not have to murder the creature in Soma. Oh, it's almost so much better than this movie. Anyhow. Anyway. So, <laughs> we, we should talk about a video I mean, game sometime. You know, that the, thing, weird. the thing is, is that, that this movie does kind of open like a lot of discussion about video games. Yeah, they're trying for something about artificial intelligence. It didn't work. There's a child's brain in there. It, there's some artificial intelligence and virtual reality, which is still in the news today. So this yeah. is like the 30-year-old, the, the, the seeds of that idea are in this movie, but they have no idea what how that would actually play them. out technologically speaking. They're just, you know, inventing shit. Right. And it's boring shit because they didn't have the money to do really good animation. Well, yeah. We should mention that this is actually a Charles Band film. Uh, yeah. Directed is- by Albert Payun. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A, a director of note. He died recently. He died. I believe he he died of cancer uh, in November 2022. So it's yeah. been it's fairly recent. Yeah. And I remember um, at the time he was very. I think he was actually in hospice, and his wife put a call out on the internet to like ask people, you know, like if you enjoyed my husband's films, would you please say some nice things? And there was just like an outpouring of of uh, people, you know commenting on how much they liked his movies yeah the most i think most famous of his films is is cyborg which was a jean-claude van damme film i believe i believe it was actually one of the canon film group movies but i could be wrong yeah the sword and the sorcerer was supposedly based on a philip k dick book um but the sword and the sorcerer has gone through the rift tracks mill and we would not want to necessarily cover that but that he made some good money with that one that was sure. one of his first ones yeah yeah, he made a ton of movies, um, Arcade, of which was one, but uh, not one of his finer ones, I would say. Right. So so she continues to progress. You know, she gets done with the sky cycle thing, and then it's her face-to-face with Arcade. Well, where's the child at this point? Well, the child is Arcade. Oh. So when she gets to the level where she has to face off with Arcade, the kid turns into the, the monster. Oh, Wow, I totally didn't get that. I just I thought that the, the that she sacrificed the kid to the monster. I mean, it, it sort of. I yeah. mean, you could view it. I think either way. Yeah. Well, but the was, but the kid is the monster, right? Yeah. Right. And so he blows her up. 
She got blowed up good. Yep. He just straight up murders her. And then he's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. No one can fuck with Arcade. Blah, 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 blah. Forgetting that she had an extra life. And somehow she rips out a bunch of wires in, in the middle of the machine. And that's how she wins the game. With an extra life and a handful of wires. Pretty much. A penny and a broken cigarette. Yeah, yes. And then it becomes a Tom Waits song. Uh, yeah, a penny and a broken cigarette. There's always a hat full of rain. A hat full of rain. Yep. Kankakee. <laughs> I got a hamburger sandwich from a lady named Ma. Now, Ralphie gets... <laughs> Ralphie got kicked I, I amuse in- myself. <laughs> <laughs> Ralphie got kicked out of the game, and at some point, I guess, finds the, the guy who built the game, drags his ass to the arcade, and the two of them are just pulling wires out while all of this other stuff is happening. Which I think is supposed to help Alex get home. Yeah. And so, oh, some way all the kids get out. All the kids get out. They just, show, they they just really, all show up. You, you really don't need to explain, no one explain how they got in there. You just don't. They're back. Yeah. They're all back. Everybody's happy. Even though that one girl had like an actual dead body, right? I don't think she was dead. I thought that she was on the floor like talking to Phoebe Cates. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Alex. Alex. And um, she was like, oh, oh, these are my last words. Oh, oh, oh. And then it's like she's dead, Jim. I no, thought, no, no, I think she's alive. I think I think they're all alive. I think it's just It doesn't matter. You know what? It's unclear and who cares? I don't care. Yeah. So we, we do get one final bit of like the end question mark. Because as all the kids are leaving Dante's Inferno, because that's apparently where they all spawned. They all spawned in at Dante's Inferno. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's it's still midnight <laughs> oh, there. And as a, the question to the architect of the game, right? Right. The, someone brings up the question. Well, if all the kids got released from the game now that it doesn't exist anymore, what about Arcade? Because he was a kid. He used his brain. And the guy's like, Nah, no, 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 don't worry about it. It's it's bullshit. Don't you're thinking too much. And they're like, Okay, we won't care. So they go traipsing home and. Alex gets dropped off by Ralphie at her house. And just as she's about to open her front door, she turns and she sees Arcade the child. Dun, dun, dun. And he says something, something bitch. Because... Oh, yeah. Arcade says bitch a lot. Yeah. They say bitch a lot. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Ralphie says fuck a lot, which, you know. Yeah. <laughs> which the first time he did it, both Eric and I were like, Ralphie, language. Ralphie, no. Don't yeah. say fuck. Yeah, would you recommend this? Oh God, no! It's it's not. I wouldn't well, either. I, you know what? Even for even, even for, for bad movie no. fans, is there's just there's not enough in it. We make it sound funny what we're talking about, but it's it's not as fun or as funny as we're making it out to be. I will give it one one piece of 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 like positive criticism. I guess is that it's not a long movie. Well, no, it's not that long. That is good. It's yeah, it's yeah, like it's, it's good. not the Q's bit was good and kind of the idea behind it because we, you know, this is it seems like a really tired played out trope, but this is before it was a tired played out trope. Yeah, so exactly. I give it some points for having kind of an original idea. I mean, it's Tron, but it's um it's it's a horror version of Tron. I I guess I don't know that any of the things in it were super original because other other entities like entertainment properties yeah i think maybe the 3d goggles were a new one. yeah i mean they they did definitely think about like well, what would what would a vr 
experience right. and being Q like, even tells him he says like the hands have like haptic feedback he doesn't use that word but that's what it is like yeah when you pick up something with your power glove you can actually feel it in your hand i don't know if they have that even now they've got vibration stuff yeah yeah but but no like you wouldn't be able to like you wouldn't be like able if to you're playing tennis you would actually grab and you would actually feel like there was a racket in your hand because the glove would get like you know heavier yeah become heavier become hard yeah you know so it's like you, you'd squeeze it and feel like you're holding a racket hmm well okay i mean that would be a cool idea yeah watching this movie is not a cool idea <laughs> for listening to Cinema Super Collider. You can find us online at anchor.fm, but you can also subscribe to our podcast via any of the major podcast networks, including the Apple Store, Spotify, and others. If you'd like to email us, you can reach us at cinemasupercast at gmail.com. Thanks, and we hope to see you again in the future.